Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Welcome to episode 116 of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show is Ruth John. Ruth is an award-nominated digital artist, web consultant, keynote speaker, and writer with 15 years of experience in the digital industry. Ruth is a Google development expert, having worked for companies such as O2 and BSkyB, and with clients including the BBC, NBC, and Heineken. So, Ruth, can I ask you to expand on that brief intro and tell us a little bit more about yourself? So, yes, I'm a consultant at the moment. I'm self-employed. I work with companies, um, helping them build or document creative development. I sort of fill uh, holes in skills that they might not have in-house for the most part. Uh, so that sort of includes things like audio work, um, sort of animational visualization, uh, that kind of thing. All right. Okay. So what led you into that particular avenue? I come from a long line of front-end development. So I've been doing that for about 15 years. I worked with a lot of agencies in my career. My last full-time role was research and development. So I think that took me more into the creative space, which I was always doing anyway, and sort of enabled me to specialize a little bit more. So Ruth, can you maybe share a career tip with the IT Career Energizer audience, one they perhaps don't know and should? Since this time around, so I've been self-employed. So I was self-employed for a period during my career before. My experience now is to be prepared to turn work down. So I actually turn a lot of work back or just say no off the bat, just because I see a lot of red flags, which will be work which is not necessarily the skills that I want to use for work, uh, work that is not suited to me, um, projects which come to me, you get a sense that they're sort of not toned. People have a lot of really great ideas, but the project itself isn't particularly specced very well. Um, projects are very underfunded a lot of the time, which you just know is going to cause problems in the long run. So yeah, I guess that's my not particularly optimistic tip is don't be afraid to, to turn work down if you don't feel that it's right. Exactly. Is that something you've, you've had to learn? Is that something that you've, you've found in the past you've probably said yes too many times? Yeah, absolutely. It's a difficult one because I think a lot of it comes down to money you're paying for yourself when you're self-employed. So you have to take work because you have bills to pay. You've got rent, you've got mortgage, you've got to put food in your mouth. Um, So it is particularly difficult to say no when you're kind of in that state where you haven't had work for a long time and you don't know where the next lot of money is going to come from. So sometimes you do end up saying yes, even if you do see the red flags. Indeed, yeah. So I think it is from that experience. Um, I used to say yes a lot previously and now it's more likely to be a no uh, which is interesting yep so Ruth can you maybe tell us about your worst IT career moments and what you learned from that experience 
there's not one moment that really stands out. There have been quite a lot of bad experiences in my career. There's the classic sort of, yeah, I did delete a table in a production database my first week of doing the job, but we had a backup, so that was all right. Um, there's, There's things like being a female is particularly hard, or it has been. I think it is getting better now that we're more aware of the situations that we're in. Um, there was the office that I walked into every morning and they shouted boobs at me. Oh, nice. That wasn't a great moment in my career. No. No, I didn't last very long at that job. Um, the best and the worst come together, which was leaving a very well-paid job, which was the best, one of the best things I've done, <laughs> and rolling and rolling the questions together. But it was one of the worst jobs because it was a very toxic environment and the team were not great and the company was not great. Um, And I think that was a very low point for me. So how did that roll into your best moment then? Um, Leaving the job. Um, it It can be very, very difficult, even if you're not working in a very good environment when you're very comfortable financially and you have job security to kind of walk away and sort of walk into nothing as well, like have no job ready for you, know that you you no idea where your next sort of paycheck or your next lot of money is going to come from. But at the same time, for me, it was extremely liberating. So I think that's one of the best things I've done. Sure. Have you learned anything from the experiences that you've been through in terms of how you choose where you work and, and who you work with? Yes. I think all my experiences so far have given me more of an insight with to the sort of people um, and the sort of environments that I do want to work with um, and in. I think that comes back to the point about turning work down. That might be something else that I will look at. A good example is recently I picked up a project which was sort of slightly underfunded, but I got to work with somebody who I'd previously worked with, who I trust a lot and work well with. Um, and it's a very interesting project. So that was something that, using my best judgment, I I took the project on. Sure. I suppose in that instance, it helps that you actually knew the person involved, um, and therefore you had the confidence. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Okay. So, Ruth, what excites you about the future of the IT industry and careers in IT in particular? Um, how creative it's getting, actually. Uh, technologies that I use specifically, um, front-end technologies, HTML, CSS, and JavaScript have exploded so much over the past five to 10 years that you can quite easily build anything you want with them now, or at least it feels that way to me. Like whenever I come up with an idea, um, which can be very abstract, I always sort of go, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I can, I can code something around this abstract idea that I have which I think is, that that really excites me. Sure. I mean, you, yes, you mentioned the fact that you can apply multiple technologies to solve one problem, for example. So do you see that as a continuing trend? Or do you think there are going to be changes in technology that may make that not quite as um, possible? Or do you think it's going to go the other way? I would like it to stay the way that it's going now, where you can use multiple technologies to answer any kind of technical problem or there are lots of solutions to the one problem because that gives us technical diversity 
I don't want to have one thing that you build and just be able to build it in with one programming language, for instance, because I don't think that gives people the breadth of being able to do what what they want in regards to they've learned something and they can use the underlying technology that they've learned to do a whole depth of, of different things. I'd like to keep it like that. We're going to move into the reveal round now. We're going to find out a little bit more about you and the way you think. Are you ready for this? Yes. So what first attracted you to a career in IT? Um, I wasn't attracted to a career in IT. (laughs) Right. I remember leaving uni and I did a course called Entertainment Technology. Um, Back in those days, there wasn't a lot of digital degrees. There you could do sort of computer science, but that wasn't really anything that I was interested in at the time. Entertainment Technology was sort of like media studies, but you did all the technical bits. So music technology, film, animation, um, there's a lot of 3D stuff. Um, and we used computers a lot. And I do remember doing a unit on Java programming and I hated it. And I left uni and I was like, oh, I never want to program again. That That's terrible. <laughs> and um, landed a job as a web developer um, and have never looked back. So <laughs> never say never. No, indeed. So there must have been something that's, a tr- that's kept you going in terms of wanting to continue in the industry. Yeah, I mean, like I was using computers a lot during my degree for creative purposes. So I think that in my job, I was still doing that. And a few years ago, I was working for a post-production house in Soho as a web developer. And I do remember seeing all the video editors and the 3D artists that work there. And I did think to myself, yeah, it's okay. I think I chose the right job because I get to take my laptop anywhere. Whereas if you do either of the other two that I was thinking of doing when I left uni, you have to stay in this like dark editing suite style room for your whole job. I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's not that's not great. No, so being able to see the light of day definitely makes a difference. Yeah. Okay, um, so what is the best piece of career advice you've ever received? This one's really tricky because I couldn't think of anybody giving me career advice, which is quite bad because I'm sure people have given me career advice. Um, I've been reading uh, Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg recently, and there was a bit that she wrote about how, as a woman, it's, there's still all these pressures um, from society to, you know, get married and have kids. And when you're trying to do that and you've got all the pressures of having a career as well, it is a big struggle. And I think she says something like, you just can't do everything. Like, try and like let go of those expectations. And that really rang true for me because having not done the former but done the latter, there's still a lot of pressure to do the former, which it's tricky. It's really hard to add that into a life which is very much focused around a career. Yeah, no, I can sure you're right. If you were to begin your IT career again right now, what would you do? I would have more confidence in my abilities. I think I always, I don't use the term imposter syndrome. I don't think I've ever felt like I'm an imposter. I've always felt like I should be doing this this is a good thing for me to be doing. Um, But I never had the confidence 
in my own skills. And I think that is something that I wish that I'd had. And I wish I'd worked in environments that had instilled that in me. I think that would have been really helpful. Yeah, indeed. And what career objectives are you currently focusing on? So it's actually the week before Christmas, which means it's two weeks before New Year. So this is about, it's about two weeks before I sit down and think about what my career objectives are going to be for the next year. Right. At the moment, I'm sort of reflecting back on the past year and what I've done for the past year. And my goals for this year were to, because I've only been um, consulting for a couple of years now. So this year was um, make more money, do more work. (laughs) And I don't think I've quite hit my targets, but I haven't done badly. I think next year, again, it's at the moment, I think it's just about sustaining what I've built. I don't think I have any goals specifically. I like to think about projects that I would like to work on or people that I'd like to work with, because I feel like if I look towards that, they usually manifest themselves, which is quite nice. Yeah. So that's probably what I'll be giving thought to over the next sort of month. Sure. Okay. And what's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far? Patience, I think. We haven't actually mentioned this, have we? No, I actually teach as well. So um, I teach adults how to code on a course in my local city. And one of the things that you find when you're teaching is you need a lot of patience. You're teaching people who, uh, they haven't done no coding, but you're teaching them, you're trying to teach them to an industry standard. And it's a lot to take in. It's quite an intensive course. And you learn very quickly that you have to be very patient with them. And I think that that skill is a good skill to have wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Yeah, I I can understand that in particular. Um, And of course, everybody is different in the way they learn. So do you adapt your approach depending on who you're talking to? Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, everybody does learn very differently. And um, you get a range of different skills and different learners in a class as well. I mean, this is why you have the different techniques of teaching. Um, you have the ones where you can do the one-to-one. You have the ones where you stand up and you give a lesson. And you just have to sort of think on your feet, I guess. Yeah. And do you incorporate all those into the way you teach? I try to, actually. I My my mum and my sister are both ex-teachers, actually. So I do have a good, solid knowledge base if I'm sort of struggling with, oh, I'm, I'm not quite sure if I'm teaching this right or is there a better technique that I could be using in, in lessons and things like that. So, yeah, it, it's good to go to them for advice. Indeed, always someone to ask, yeah. So, Ruth, can you perhaps share a parting piece of career advice with the IT Career Energizer audience? Find like-minded people. Uh, one of the things which we didn't mention, which is probably worth a mention, is um, a couple of years ago, um, I had written an article that was what I'd actually got uh, nominated for the award for. And it was about doing something completely random. It was about doing audio visualizations with web technologies. And somebody picked up on it and got in touch with me. And he had been doing a very similar thing. And we got together and we did 
um, this stuff together for a bit. And then we sort of formed a collective with some other people that were doing very similar stuff as well. Some people were making music, some people were um, controlling lighting rigs, um, all with web technologies. And by doing that, this sort of collective sort of has grown. And to me, it was a really good thing that came out of just writing an article because now I feel like I've got a support group for some of the sort of more crazy creative stuff that I tend to do um so find like-minded people it can be really helpful it sounds like you build your own mastermind (laughs) Uh, me and some others indeed Yeah. yeah exactly and finally what's the best way we can find out more about you and connect with you Twitter's probably one of the best ways. Um, I'm at Rumyra. That's at R-U-M-Y-R-A on Twitter. You can find me like that on everywhere. Um, so CodePen, GitHub, all those places. Um, the collective I was talking about, if you are interested in audio and visuals and things like that, is LiveJS. We have a website. It's LiveJS.network. So you can find us on that. Great. Ruth, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been great chatting with you. It's been great chatting to you as well. Thank you for having me. As always, my thanks go to my guest on today's show. You'll find a show notes page for today's episode on the IT Career Energizer website, which will be itcareerenergizer.com slash e and then the number of today's episode. I also want to thank you for your continued support. It's always great to hear from listeners, particularly when they have suggestions about potential guests or ways to improve the show. And this was one of the reasons for creating the new IT Career Energizer Community Facebook group. I'm really excited about taking the podcast forward, and I hope that you'll continue to support and listen to the show as it continues to change and evolve. Thanks for listening, and remember, if you're not growing your career, you're slowing your career. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.